we never bought books because <laughs> we're poor. Latinos don't do that, you know? Poor Latinos don't do that. <laughs> and even if you get money, you just like don't. <laughs> you don't get money. You don't get allowance. What's allowance? Just do the chores. <laughs> yeah. It's just things you have to do or else your mom yells at you. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? <laughs> I don't know. We need to get it. It's Carol. Hold on, hold on. Let me try again because we need to get a better way to get started. Hi. What's your name? <laughs> no, no, no. You, you say <laughs> hi. You say hi first. <laughs> hi, it's Carol. And I am Elise. And this is... And then it got weird. Good. It came out kind of smooth. So, you know, uh, I was thinking about what should be the next topic that we we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> I was thinking of a better segue. Um, do you love animals? I love animals. Do you love animals? I can talk. I love parrots. So we're both bird people. Yeah. And uh, a little bit parallel to that. Uh, I don't want to foreshadow too much. Anyway, have you heard about Coco the gorilla? I have, I have heard about her. She's the one that knows how to do sign language. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, she was actually born in the 70s, and she did pass away some years ago. Oh. Uh, she passed away in 2018. And uh, she, as you said, she is most known because she was a gorilla that, that had the ability mm-hmm. to communicate with sign language. First of all, I should say that her signing was not American Sign Language. It was a modified version. They call it Gorilla Sign Language. Mm. So they modified it for her. I guess because maybe gorillas have different motor skills. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I mean, who doesn't, anim- who doesn't love an animal that can talk? Right? I mean, that's yeah. why we love birds, right? Yeah. I should mention again. I have lots of things to say. First, I should say, you know how people say like, well, at least I've seen people that are interested in having parrots or budgies or cocktails. They're like, oh, how can I make it talk? And it's kind of like you want to get a pet or a thing that's going to talk because they don't always talk. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're looking to get a pet, no matter if it's like, you know, a bird, just make sure you do your research. There are, like you said, there are some types of birds that talk, but then it also depends if it's a male or a female. Um, and then I just, I guess, personality-wise, maybe it's just not inclined to talk. So, but if you're just looking for something to talk, like, I don't recommend you get a pet. <laughs> like, that's not very <laughs> responsible. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen pe- people, you know, on the, I'm on some Facebook groups for, like, like, bird fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so people say like, oh, you know, they, they ask for advice about their pets or whatever people that have had experience with birds. And then some people just go in and like, how can I make my pet talk? Just straightforward. And <laughs> and they get comments like, um, you know, they don't just always just talk and not all of them talk, as you said. Yeah. You know, also different species, you know, they do other sounds, you can teach them songs or whatever, but that's not what you should get a pet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then also... Birds, like parrots, can be very loud. And (laughs) like if you teach a parrot, like a parrot that actually talks, right, is able to talk and likes to talk, 
if you teach them, let's say, a couple of words, they're just going to be repeating that all day long. So it's not like a, oh, like, I'll, you know, have that bird say, like, once a day. Like, no, if it ends up wanting attention, it might end up using that specific word or phrase that you want. Just, like, start screaming it all day long. So it's not all, uh, you know, fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other things to get out of, you know, yeah. a pet bird. Not just a talking thing. You know? Yeah. It's not, it's not a toy. Mm-hmm. Then again, if you want to make it part of your bird's training, you know, repetition oh, is the key. Um, but it's then also cute. other types of training, you know, you can do like, you know, little twirls and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Step up. Yeah. Oh my god, they're so cute. They're their so little cute. feet. Oh my god, the little feet. There's you can teach them a shake. You can also do a handshake. Dinosaur feet. Oh my god. Okay, so we love birds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, But not just because they can talk. They're just very cute in general. Yes, they are. they're fluffy. Right. I know. I, I could talk about birds forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not talking about a bird. We're talking about gorilla. Gorilla name is Coco. And her name is Coco because it is a shortened uh, version of her name, Hanabiko. Oh. In Japanese. Yeah. Hanabiko means uh, fireworks child because she oh. was born on 4th of July. I don't. I don't understand that connection because she's Japanese, right? No, no, she's American. She's American. Oh, (laughs) okay. I was like, (laughs) I thought she was in Japan. So I'm like, why 4th of July? (laughs) Okay. She was, she uh, was in the San Francisco Sioux. And her name is, they gave her a Japanese name. And she was very famous, you know, because of her communication, the way that she could talk. And she did other like, other cute stuff that people liked, you know, um, like having a pet, for example. Oh, she had a pet. Yeah. So yeah, she, she was in the um, San Francisco Zoo, and uh, the researcher uh, Patterson, she was watching her. She took care of her, and uh, she she was uh, studying her as part of her research at Stanford University. And uh, Patterson stayed with Coco up until her last days and uh, they supported the gorilla foundation with any proceeds that they would get from you know appearances by coco or like articles and things like that the moment in which coco like hit the big time was uh she was pictured in the cover of a national geographic magazine issue Mm -hmm. and the cover picture was an image that she took of herself um, actually, at the time around the 70s is when people started to get more interested in making apes communicate with humans with something similar to the language that we use. Mm-hmm. That got started. Well, it got started actually from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s is when it started to get to its peak. And that's actually the time at which Coco was born. Well, not legit. Well, according to patterson when she met coco apparently coco had like a natural disposition to communicate with signaling already so she was a good specimen to work with for her research in this field so one of the cute things that coco did is as i said she had a pet oh so cute um, we're gonna get to somewhere with this it's not just cute stories right so <laughs> Stay with me. Uh, I wish it would stay as a cute story. <laughs> Apparently, she asked for a cat 
for Christmas. Um, she liked. Um, she says she preferred cats to gorillas and dogs. She liked cats the best. Yep. And she asked for a cat one Christmas. And they gave her a lifelike stuffed animal of a cat. Supposedly, she was uh, less than satisfied with that. And she did mm-hmm. not play with it. She just, like, left it there. And <laughs> she would just sign uh, for sad. Like, sad, sad. No. <laughs> She wasn't happy with the <laughs> with the stuffed animal. So, because of this, uh, when it came to her birthday the next year, they let her choose a kitten from a litter of abandoned kittens. Um, mm-hmm. And she chose one and uh, named him All Ball. All Ball. A L L B A L L. And this was also shown as her ability to rhyme, you know, like all ball. Mm. But th- this is the thing, like she signed it. She didn't speak. So she signed two words that. Oh, rhyme. so she understands. Mm. Like she doesn't speak. She can sign language, but she was able to name. First of all, she named a cat. You know, she gave it a name the way that we use names. Like, uh, what animal is it? Is it a penguin, I think? That, like, they um, they have, like, certain sounds for their, for their offspring or something. I mean, mm-hmm. animals... Are- Right? I mean, animals do have ways to identify each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But not with like a name. Right. That's like That's a really true. human. Right? Yeah. I mean, dogs learn that because they learn, I guess, the sound that mm-hmm. we teach them animals, other animals too. Like they, I guess, connect it with like uh, maybe a call to them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, we've had birds, right? Yeah. Like, when we name our birds, when you call our bird's name, usually they would, like, respond, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you... Th- I mean, they didn't... They're not dogs, though. I mean, well, the thing that I'm thinking right now is, like, you know, dogs are domesticated. Yeah, domesticated. <laughs> <laughs> birds are not. And they're mm-hmm. just tamed. Yeah. So in the wild, they don't use names. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they use names, but maybe... We're not scientists. Yeah. I'm saying this. But maybe, <laughs> I think what they do is their voices are different, but we just can't distinguish it as humans, you know, our... Right. Since we don't speak bird, right? Or like whatever specific species it is, um, we don't understand their calls. Right. Um, because like you said, for penguins, I know that when... Like penguin parents call out, like their baby can understand, like if it's their parents calling them out, or if it's a different penguin calling something else out, because they can mm-hmm. they can understand, like uh, what's it called, recognize their parents' voice. That makes sense. Like humans do the same thing too. Like in a way, like when we're babies, at least we rely on our instinct to tell us by the sound of a heartbeat who your mom is, right? Stuff like that. Very, I guess, primal. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe 
you know, this is like kind of one of those things about animal intelligence. Like, up to what point can we, I guess, draw some type of similarity with it? You know? Yeah. And it's, like you said, it's a very interesting subject because, I mean, parrots are also a, a type of animal that have been studied in terms yeah. of their like language capacity and their um, level of understanding. Um, I mean, I don't know any specifics of it because I don't remember. Um, but I think <laughs> it's an interesting topic. Like, um, what's it called? Alex, the African gray parrot. Right. It's very, very interesting. Like the stuff that they were able to teach him and what it seemed that he was actually able to comprehend. Right. Um, animal intelligence is like, uh, it's really interesting in the sense of like, how much can we... And I guess this is foreshadowing a little bit with the whole thing with Coco. Uh, like how much, like how we measure intelligence is not the same for other animals. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like our intelligence, the, the way that we needed our minds to develop is for certain things, but other animals don't need to like develop that. Yeah. You know, like for mm-hmm. example, I don't know, maybe we use what. I guess language because that's important for us. As I guess, we thrive on being in groups and communicating with with each other. You know, support systems because we're weak, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. Other animals they don't need to do that type of thing, and they're fine the way they are. Yeah, it's kind so, of like, mm-hmm. for example, I was thinking of another bird, right? Just the mig- migratory 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 birds, right? Mm-hmm. That they somehow are able to remember the path that they oh, have to right. fly through even it's though crazy. yeah but then something even crazier is like salmon they're born in a place right. they leave right, right. and then when they're gonna you know lay their eggs again they go to that same place and it's like these are fish where we usually never link fish with intelligence right like any form right. of intelligence but like fish brain yeah and then it's like how do these fish remember where they came from like a year ago you know mm-hmm. that's why it gets tricky because you know fish can do that kind of stuff like for example we can't do that doesn't mean that we're dumber mm-hmm. no because we're unable mm-hmm. does that mean we're lesser not necessarily it's just we don't need that skill let's yeah. say yeah you know then just kind of gets to the whole like what is intelligence kind of yeah mean I, I, I just ruined the podcast anyway <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that was not the whole point what does intelligence mean that is not that is not the 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 goal of this by the way so <laughs> okay i didn't kill it um so uh saying she had a pet she named her kitty um all ball they took pictures of them and she's like holding him and like petting him Aww. uh she said that she tried to nurse all ball even <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, it was all very gentle and very loving. And uh, there was an accident, though. Oh, no. Later that year, uh, Alba escaped from Coco's cage. And it was hit and killed by a car. Oh, no. And she was Poor devastated. Yeah, she, was, she was devastated. She was just, you know, Patterson, the researcher. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that when she signed, you know, she explained to Coco with, with 
Gorilla Sign Language. She's signing to her that Obel had been killed. Says that Coco signed back bad, sad, bad. And oh, no. Frown, cry, frown, sad, trouble. And she said that that night, for many nights, Coco would make sounds that are similar to human weeping. Oh, no, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it gets a bit happier. The next year, Coco was allowed to pick out two new kittens from another litter to be her uh-huh. companions. And eventually, after these kitties also passed away, she was able to get another pair of kitties. So she was always with, you know, she loved cats and they always let her have access to, to pets, you know. Mm-hmm. So now talking more about the whole intelligence aspect of Coco, her instructor, and I should say instructor, because before I, I think I said the word trainer, and I think maybe the word that should be used should be instructor more than trainer. Francine Patterson. She reported that Coco had an active vocab of more than a thousand signs of what uh, was gorilla sign language. So this puts Coco's vocabulary at the same level as a three-year-old human. Wow. I think that's like the benchmark of like smart, right? I always say like three-year-old person. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little bit kind of falls on like words of the researcher. So, but uh, apparently she discussed her own emotions and made value judgments. Uh, for example, you know, the picture that she took for the National Geographic magazine, she was she was taking a picture of herself knowingly, mm. you know, so that's like an example of, uh, what's it called? Uh, self-awareness. She was very famous and she had um, some celebrity friends that say, you know, she had some people go visit her. For example, Mr. Rogers. Oh, Mr. Rogers. Betty White. Oh, Betty White. Um, William Shatner, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Peter Gabriel and Sting, for example. But the one that people maybe know the most about, the ones that I've heard about Coco, is uh, her, I guess, meeting with Robert Robin Williams. Oh. So in 2001, Coco apparently made a fast friend with Robin Williams. And he, he went to meet her. You know, she tried on his glasses. She showed him around. And he even, like, got to tickle her. You know, they made... They made faces at each other and things like that and uh, according to what the uh, caretakers say that when she would see him in a movie she could recognize him Mm -hmm. they say that when he died she also mourned him when she found out that he had died oh man and uh, her researcher is quoted as saying uh oh yes she had watched him in movies before, and his visit was not too long after her own gorilla playmate passed. She hadn't smiled, and she had been very, very sad, not talking much, not eating much. And when Robin Williams came, she knew that he was a funny man, and she started to come out of that. She had her first smile with him, her first laugh, and her first invitation to play a game with someone. He helped her healing. This was an interview that she made with The Atlantic. The interviewer asked uh, Patterson, um, about how does she know when a gorilla smiles? Well, how do gorillas smile? And she said, maybe a more subtle smile than humans. If you see a gorilla smile, you can definitely identify it though. So, you know, talking about also Coco's intelligence, she passed the 
mirror self recognition test. Oh, you know about that? Yeah, I think it's when an animal animal is able to identify whether it's them when they look at themselves in the mirror. And that's supposedly some type of sign of, I guess, uh, self awareness, right? Yeah. So here's a little piece of that I want you to read with me. You're gonna read Patterson's piece, and I'm going to read uh, the interviewer's piece about the interview. Uh, this is the interview in the Atlantic. You're gonna read the piece of Patterson answering about the mirror self recognition test. She had been exposed to a mirror very early on. In the beginning, she looked behind the mirror for the other gorilla, but eventually came to use it as a tool and to groom herself and do all the activities that people do. Eventually, we did a formal test where she got marked. I did the same thing with Michael. He was used to being washed with a washcloth, but this time we secretly put pink paint on it to mark him. When he looked in the mirror, he was shocked. I realized it looked like his forehead had been open. And he says, he believed he was wounded then? How would he know what that looked like? And here's her answer. Well, he was a bushmeat orphan. Poachers butchered his parents in front of him. He described it on camera once, actually. Early on, researcher Barbara Weller asked him, Who is your mother? He said, You. And she said, No, your gorilla mother. And then he started into the story. And he asks, What did he say? He was using all types of new gestures to show what he saw, like cut and neck. There was another one where it looked like he was showing spots on his face, probably blood. They were non-standard gestures. Did he seem traumatized by the experience? And she answers. He was really traumatized. Anytime a male worker came around, especially those doing tree work, he would just run over and scream at them. The incident with his parents may have involved traps and trees. We don't know what happened. He also would scream in the middle of the night in his nightmares. He asks, did he ever communicate the substance of those nightmares? Yes, the night after he screamed, I asked him about that and got a very similar story. What do you think about this? So this is about Michael, another gorilla. Yeah. That also learned sign language, correct? Yeah. Coco was better at this and she had a more uh, extensive sign uh, repertoire Mm -hmm. and understood more vocab. It's very, I mean, this happened, it's kind of shocking because it's not something that you know, you would usually think an animal can do. Like, you don't think about animals remembering and being traumatized by by something like that happened when they were little and being able to communicate that as well. Right. I mean, for example, some animals that, like, for example, uh, uh, animals from shelters that have had uh, an abusive uh, environment, for example, they... Do mm-hmm. tend to overreact to some behaviors that they could consider a threat. You know, like they are more mm-hmm. likely to like bite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not only like dogs, but I think like I think cats and definitely birds too. Like they're more aggressive. Yes. They're they're like scared of hands, for example, if they're if they have been like not exposed to enough contact, just been caged or uh, you know, like I guess mistreated. Um, mm-hmm. But as you said, I mean, this is really descriptive, like a specific event. Yeah. He started to use new signs. Oh, right. So he was even trying to use what he learned and apply it in a new way in order to describe what he wants to um, communicate. 
like his, his mode of communication is sign language, right. right? And he was only taught like certain things. Right. And then he's using this mode of communication to like find some way to communicate something that wasn't taught to him. For me, it seems kind of like like projecting. That that's my that's that's the impression I had when I saw this. Kind of like, oh, why are you screaming? And it's kind of like, oh, what's it called? Like, um, when you are looking for an explanation, what is it? Do you know what I mean? What I'm trying to say like, kind of like, if you have a question, you specifically look for answers that match what you already kind of think is going to happen. What's that called? Like, bias to whatever. I forgot what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I saw. You know, I could be wrong. Uh-huh. Um. So, you know, um, this is a, a part. And then, of course, you know, like, uh, they talked about other th- things about how uh, she mentions about how um, uh, when she found out about uh, Robin Williams, it was not that she told her directly. It's like they were watching something on the news and then uh, Coco apparently recognized Robin Williams. And then she told uh, Patterson told her that he had died and she made like this sign of like sad and stuff like that you know so Mm -hmm. that's and about that type of stuff you know she mentions and the paragraph that so and the reporter he went up to coco and saw her across the um she was you know behind bars too you know just in case she doesn't know him yeah so um, he says his ending i'm gonna send it to you because I'm tired. I'm going to get tired of my voice (laughs) to end the article. Ultimately, it was hard to avoid constructing a narrative around what I was seeing. It was hard to look at Coco and not experience some aspect of myself staring back at me. There was no way to know how much of her behavior was intentional and how much was my own or Patterson's projection. Allegations of selective interpretation have accompanied ape language research from the beginning. Still, it was impossible to be there interacting with her and not feel that I was in the presence of another self-conscious being. I mean, I, I, I think it's nice that he's being, you know, upfront with with uh, the possibility of, you know, his report having some bias or like some human intentions behind it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. just primates in general. Um. There's like something similar that we have with not not that we look like necessarily like you know a gorilla, mm-hmm. but I guess face wise they're like closer to us than let's say dogs, right? So there's like right. something much more easily be able to believe that they do have a higher ability of being conscious, like how we are, right? You know, one thing also that struck me as, like, interesting, and this is something that I thought about after I... Mm-hmm. And this is just me, okay? Like, no, I didn't read this from anyone. It's just something that I thought... You know, like, when the self-recognition in the mirror, like, when you look at it and you're like, oh, it's me? So, like, mm-hmm. she says that Coco has been exposed to a mirror many times since she was little. And then, so I decided to look up on the internet about dogs, you know, like, if dogs have... They, they pass this self-recognition test on uh, with mirrors. And it says that we're not really sure because uh, they might just think it's another dog or, like, they just might react. They, they might just ignore it. So there's mm-hmm. no, like, proof that they know that it's them. 
you know, and I search also for parrots, which I'm saying parrots not just because I love birds, but because um, it's uh, birds, uh, what's it called, the, the family of like parrots and crows are the ones that seem very intelligent and people research them a lot too. And also mm-hmm. like they don't pass the test. Mm. But I have hot take. Oh, okay. Um, you know when like the Europeans arrived to like the New World, and yeah. they show the mirrors to the natives, and they had like uh-huh. no idea what was going on. They were like freaking out. They're like, "What the fuck is this? Does that mean that they're dumb because they couldn't recognize themselves?" No. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, does the self recognition test mean much, or is it like Western centric? I mean, this is just something that I. That's interesting. No, but it's true. I mean, like, why are we measuring things this way? Like, oh, this means something. And it's kind of like, no, other humans, they... And I'm sure they saw their reflection, too, in some way, right? Like, when they look in, in the mirror mm-hmm. and, like, the lakes before they got ruined by civilization. <laughs> but, you know, there's, like, ways to see yourself. But when, they, when you see, like, such a clear image of another person, you know, that's with the same face as you, and you, like, freak out, I think it's not because they're dumb it's because they have to have been like first of all like i guess have common knowledge with with yeah i mean imagine because it's not just it's not just the the fact that you're seeing at least in this case right it's not just the fact that you're seeing your reflection it's also the fact that you're seeing it in this like very transportable like new technology Right, because I'm thinking there was no mirrors. Although they did have a lot of gold. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that they see their gold. faces. But I mean, like a mirror is like so up in your face. Much more clear too. Yeah, it's like really clear and like the same, I guess, color of like your skin. And just, you know, it's like a person's trapped in there. Yeah. Also, like they talk about her IQ. Like she passed. And this is, like, something that I do have to give credit to the researcher because she said, like, oh, it's, you know, it's not like she passed, like, a super high level IQ. She passed, like, the level IQ of, like, a child of, like, three. But there's this, like, um, debate, I guess, about what an IQ test, how far it can go. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, you know, to measure intelligence, there's, like, different ways. And, like, obviously, I think most people know by now that intelligence takes different forms. But in the mm-hmm. thing about iq is that like the questions are made culturally based as well and the language used is really particular to the general standard considered which tends to be the majority of people and like that's why minorities also it seems like they tend to like score lower and then like if you look if, if researchers look and like the reasons why they have scored lower it's like on questions that are like really based on like culture like um, I can't think of an example right now of the ones that I read, but it's kind of like they use a language that is not used so much in that like community. They're mm-hmm. not like that. Uh, what's it called? Um, familiar with this language, like children. And you know, when kids are little, like as you grow up, like you have like more contact with people from like different, uh, I guess, like racist communities, like uh, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when you're little, like you really like you know, limited to, like, your family and the people that you know. Like, you remember, like, you mentioned before, like, you, like, did really good on, like, the spelling test? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was, like, an ESL, so... You, like, suddenly, like, did really good enough that you could pass yeah, an yeah, English yeah, spelling yeah. test. But then, what was your mm-hmm. pitfall? Crumb, because 
we didn't do that at home right <laughs> yeah like we, we i never had like the chance to like come across that word so exactly mm -hmm. because it's just measuring for iq for a certain group of people like based on on the knowledge of a certain group of people yeah i mean those kind of things are are very hard to evaluate um like and completely remove yourself from somehow putting in your own bias into it because you don't exactly know there's no way to measure exactly what it is that the the subject in this case like the gorillas actually know or like what degree they understand the situation i feel like i'm like kind of being what's it called like a party pooper because i'm like ruining the whole idea debbie downer yeah it's like oh animals like can speak oh my god so smart and then i'm like no <laughs> but um so the skeptic um, that have looked at the research, they do bring up some good questions. Like, so like if ape communication is, it can get to like this level. Um, if it works and the ability to communicate with us can be instilled into apes, then why aren't there signing apes like everywhere? Why has it just kind of slowed down? You know, it didn't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why didn't they continue with these experiments like, why don't we just teach all the freaking apes you know like if they can be so good at it because then it's uh what's that movie <laughs> <laughs> what's it called planet of the apes planet of the apes <laughs> yeah scientists are being smart that's why they're not doing it yeah because this is like what you know they would be able to communicate better because they would be able to tell their zookeepers what they want <laughs> yeah it's like their freaking lives yeah like <laughs> let me out of here <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i would totally follow that revolution <laughs> <laughs> apes and dolphins they were like we'll be screwed oh god dolphins would be the worst They're like evil i used to think they used to be like angelic and cute and then my first like step into this like point of view where like maybe dolphins aren't like that awesome <laughs> was do you remember that simpsons episode oh yeah 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 where the dolphins like walked onto land and they took over freaking springfield they can talk yeah and they can talk and stuff so that was my first step and then my second step was when we when i found out about the whole like dolphins being like rapists and then <laughs> like also they have like creepy kinks and stuff oh yeah like <laughs> so i found out that i wasn't called dolphins they like use like the decapitated bodies of fish to, like jack off <laughs> yeah i will I never be image. able to unsee that <laughs> i warned you and i was like oh my god i saw it because i was thinking this could be bad but i don't know how bad and then uh -huh. i saw it and i was like it took me like a second to to realize like oh it's like thrusting its penis into like the dead body. Yeah, for real. When I fish. saw it, like I just <laughs> I didn't understand. I just saw the dolphin, but I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> like I had to like get really close to my phone to 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 let my brain understand what it was seeing. <laughs> Even like, though you what? told me what it's supposed to be happening. I told you. They warned you. I was it's like, weird. I was like, you can't unsee this, but like I need someone else to see this. <laughs> <laughs> So you ruined me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, click at your own risk. But I knew that you can't, like, not. You can't not. You need the tea. Doesn't matter. Like the pay, the, the the trauma cost you to pay. Yeah, yeah. I saw that and I was like, what the fuck? And okay, then at least I learned that I, sh you know, I'll never swim with dolphins. 
<laughs> at least I know that. Crazy. No, I shouldn't do it. I know. And it's kind of like, you know how people say too, like, oh, like, you know, they're so cute and they're smiling. And it's kind of like they, their face is perpetually shaped like that. Like dolphins. The, yeah. the end of their mouth, I guess, goes like turned upward. Uh-huh. You know, it could be like thinking about killing a fish to jack off, but it'll still be smiling. <laughs> oh, God. You know, something else that turned me off from dolphins um, was, you know, that crazy experiment done in like the 60s or 70s? Nope. Yo, but it was the 70s. It was crazy. Okay. So, um, they were trying to find out, I think, the the effects of LSD and, like, what kind of effects it would have on, like, dolphins because oh dolphins are considered, like, really smart animals, right? Uh, you know, even back right. then. So oh then what they decided to do, and this is the crazy part, it, this experiment actually has, like, kind of like a link with Carl Sagan. Oh, wow. The, like, super smart guy. Yeah. yeah, so he was part of this experiment in the beginning and then once it started getting crazy, he was like... just kind of like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, so the experiment was, they're like, let's <laughs> let's um, make this, like, enclosure where it's going to be mostly water, right? So the dolphin can be there, right? Yeah. But, like, part of it is going to have, like, this area where it's out of water so that um, a trainer or, like, you oh know, the, the scientist person or whatever can be there. So what the what the, the whole thing was, like, they were going to have the trainer, scientist person cohabit with the dolphin and just be with the dolphin like 24 7 for like weeks oh, man. right and so they were doing that and then I, th- I, I think i don't know if they were giving lsd to the dolphin i guess they were because that was the whole premise of the of the study right you know 70s 60s 70s um <laughs> that's not odd <laughs> and like, they, you know, the, the trainer lady and the dolphin kind of started to get to know each other, you know, kind of get used to each other. And then it seemed that, like, the dolphin was, mm. like, you know, getting chummy with her. And then oh, I'm scared. she kind of, <laughs> if I'm remembering this correctly, she kind of saw that he was kind of, like, getting a little excited, right? A little rocket. Yeah. And then she, like, talked with her, like, I guess, supervisor or whatever. And then the supervisor was like, all right, let's go for it. So what? She had. She ended up giving that no, dolphin no, no. hand jobs. No. Yeah. No. And, like, the dolphin That's was, like, legal. insatiable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but legit, like, if you want to know more, like, correctly, like, all the facts, like, look it up. What is it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. And then, like, it got. Um, I think f- funding was like cut because, like, people <laughs> were like, "Yo, this, this is straight up cray, right?" Um, so yeah. Wow. Now the question is, how does she feel about it? I think because she was this... kind of like a whatever. Okay, because I mean, you know what? This kind of brings us a little bit into what I'm going to talk about later. Oh, snap. Because. Oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I mean. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it doesn't, like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to tell you, yes. like, you're leading me in the right, in the right way. All right, cool. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, um, 
Uh, so yeah, like about dolphins. Dolphins. I mean, uh, gorillas. I have like dolphins in my mind. <laughs> I can never see them again normally. Yeah. I'm gonna be questioning it. <laughs> um. So, you know, like if if apes are so good at like communicating this way with humans, like why aren't they like a company accompanying uh primatologists on expeditions and like translating between the scientists and the native apes? You know, if they can do this, why don't they just be interpreters? You know, mm. and this is just questions that people like the skeptics scientists are bringing up and they're like we can't answer these questions like we have to kind of wonder well, how far does this go what what what, what? <laughs> I just laughed because the whole like having the gorilla be the interpreter just kind of reminds me of Tarzan I was thinking about that too it was like <laughs> or something something like uh, that I think yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one, that's the one. Jane, like, live with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jane stays or something. Stays. Oh, my, oh God. my God. <laughs> Yo, that playlist in Tarzan. Oh, my God. Phil Collins he- went hard on that. I was going to say, he didn't have to go so hard on this, but he did. He did it for us. <laughs> oh, my God, he went, like, all fucking out. You know, like, um, so I don't know if you know, but, you know, like, so there's, like, the... Obviously, the movie comes out in different languages, and there's the Spanish version too. Mm-hmm. And he sang the songs himself in Spanish. No, he did. He seriously went all fucking out. I'm telling you. Oh crap! Like <laughs> I he, don't know other languages. Oh, but he he sang it all in Spanish, and he sounds I, amazing. Wow! I have to. I'm gonna have to listen to that. You have to listen to it. He first of all translated it. Translated all the songs, which tends to happen. You know, like I grew up on Disney movies. You know, and you too. And we've watched the Spanish version of them too. I think me more than you. Yeah, I don't really remember. Spanish oh, okay. So I remember. I remember I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> Spell crumb. <laughs> oh shit! You know crumb? You said crumb. I just thought of a. Uh... Oh wait, no, never mind. I'm being stupid. Uh, go ahead. Erase that. It's, it's okay. It's okay. No, no, no. Like my brain just thought of the name crumb, like Harry Potter crumb. That's not that stupid. No, no, because it was stupid because, like, my brain thought of, um, you know, Cusco, the Emperor's New Groove? Oh, Crumb, yeah. Yeah, no, my, I thought of Crunk, but then for some reason crunk. my mind was, like, Crumb instead it's of Crunk. Like parkour. Just <laughs> <laughs> jumping yeah. around everywhere. Yeah, just because it was like, Disney, Disney, what can we find? <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to impress someone. I was, I was going through my Disney Rolodex in my head. I'm like, what starts with K? You know? So. Um... Mm, yeah, uh, what's it? Where is it going with this? Uh, Disney Spanish. Oh, Disney Kong. Spanish. Yeah, so, yeah, because I, I, you know, um, we have the Disney movies in English too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember Hercules. I remember the songs. I remember hearing them. Like, I remember still the lyrics in Spanish because the first time I saw Hercules was in Spanish. Whoa. So, when I hear the songs in English, Sometimes some parts I like more in Spanish. Oh, for real? Yeah, I mean, I mean, most of it I like it, the song in English, but there's some parts that I'm like, oh, you know, that kind of sounded. It just hits different. Yeah, because they can't like translate it verbatim. I mean, they they try really well with this. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Phil Collins like he sang in Spanish. He sang, I think, like Italian too. Um, I know it's more than Spanish, one more language than Spanish, and he just he did he like 
did really good. Wow. You know. So it was like more hardcore than I thought. Yeah, it just goes. He went like above and beyond. <laughs> I think that the soundtrack really saves that movie because I was watching it and I'm like, there's a lot of things I question here. Like, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But mm. the soundtrack just makes it really good. You know? Yeah. Like, I get all like teared up a little bit. Like, I feel the knot in my throat. Yeah, the, the lyrics actually also go with the movie too. Yeah. So, like, it goes, I think, with the emotions of the movie. Yeah, because you can hear them outside of the movie, too, and they still make sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So, they can't do the Tarzan thing. Why? Why is Tarzan not happening? Why isn't (laughs) Phil Collins singing? Like, this is not real. It can't be happening. (laughs) Phil Collins should be singing. Imagine Phil Collins going on those, um, um, what's it called? Expeditions. Ex- expeditions, <laughs> just to be a background singer while, like, a gorilla sign language. <laughs> <laughs> and singing it in all languages. <laughs> yeah. So why is that not happening? We have to question. Because <laughs> this world sucks, that's why. <laughs> we need a world in which Phil Collins is the background of our lives. <laughs> um... So, yeah, you know, going by this, every animal research institution should have signing apes, and everyone in the world with a degree in parentology would have an experience background in communicating with them, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patterson is not the only one that can be smart here, you know. Mm-hmm. And after all these decades, we'd have a deeper understanding of ape communication and their thought processes. That's true. I mean, they had money to fund the freaking dolphin program, (laughs) right? And this was in the 60s. I'm sure they have more money now. Yep. And it's not happening, you know. So uh, this uh, kind of brought me to reading like one of the most like important uh, 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 what's it called Um, uh, cases of uh, training an animal to communicate. In a way that, like, we would understand, like, in this, like I said, you know, like, the sentence structure or, like, words and emotions that we feel, like, really human-centered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, and this is actually the case that inspired Patterson and other people like that that went into research in this. So there's this guy called Herbert Terrace, and he also conducted a peer-reviewed experiment at Columbia University, and he worked 10 years on teaching a chimp to communicate with humans using language in... in language that would be familiar with us and this was in the sem- late 70s so like by the time that the dolphin was getting hand jobs this was happening at the same time <laughs> <laughs> i'm never gonna forget <laughs> mm. so in 1979 uh, terrace and his associates they published a seminal paper in the journal science and it became the trigger point for you know decades of controversy <laughs> how controversy. do you say it controversy, controversy. I heard he will say controversy. Jimmy you Fallon says controversy all the time. Where is he from? <laughs> <laughs> well, he spent time enough in New York. We're talking about like what thirty years or something SNL times. I don't know, but he says controversy, and then I don't remember where I've heard other people say controversy. And for some reason, I just said controversy too, and I feel <laughs> weird. Decades of controversy over whether yes. apes. <laughs> over whether apes can actually use language and the findings <laughs> was that they could not 
this is what Terrace arrived at. His conclusion was, I mean, this is late 70s, so I don't know how much LSD was happening, but still. Oh, a lot, baby. This is his conclusion. I want, I want you to read oh. it. <clears throat> For the moment, our detailed investigation suggests that an ape's language learning is severely restricted. Apes can learn many isolated symbols as can dogs, horses, and other non-human species, but they show no unequivocal evidence of mastering the conversational, semantic, or syntactic organization of language. Syntactic. Damn. Yeah. So it's like, oh, they can learn, like, food, bowl, water, like, how to get those points across, like, what they want. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean language in the way that we use it. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Nothing is good enough for them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the apes, are seem, they seem to have been using, like, symbol knowledge in a similar way, like, like I said, you know, like, like dogs, you know, like, you know, how to beg. And it seems like it was more, like, one-sided, like, what they want, like, what they need. Not, like, something abstract about something that they feel themselves or, like, thoughts. Not something that seems to be a level of communication higher or more meaningful that we already have with animals. Mm -hmm. You know, like we can feel, uh, what's it called, affection, or we, we would describe as affection from animals, right? Like pets and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that they can say, like, I love you in, like, words, you know? Right. And for it to mean something. Something from them. Like, maybe if they learn, like, I love you comes with, like, a little kiss and a scratch. <laughs> then they could say, like, oh, you know, communicate. Say, like, okay, you know, having a fun time, a close time with my, my, well, not owner, because, you know, not animals, not all animals see the, the person as an owner, but, like, cohabitant, yeah. whatever. Parrots yeah. see you as their flock. Their flock. That's Cats, so too. They're not, like, they're, like, oh, my God this bitch needs help that's why they bring like dead animals because they're like this it's gonna die by itself <laughs> um so like if for example like birds who can communicate with words like if they learn i love you comes with a kiss and like a scratch or like a snack something positive they might be like oh you know i, I love you that doesn't mean that like they're thinking oh my god i want to say i love you, you i know? don't know what you're talking about at least <laughs> that's all lies they say i love you with all their heart okay <laughs> they're totally conscious when it's they say that it's the purest form of love you can't convince me otherwise <laughs> not that I've heard a parrot say that to me because all our parrots have never been able to talk just been fucking screamers <laughs> yeah that was their form of communication when they scream in your ear where like your ear hurts that's just them Loving. screaming their love towards you publicly <laughs> you could hear love. you could hear tricks you could hear her like down the street down the street legit, legit. down the street <laughs> like the time that she knew we were going back home from school too remember yeah but that makes sense though like i don't think that's pushing it because animals do understand i guess patterns of like time right mm -hmm. like they know what's day and night yeah because she would go to sleep at night time remember she would get like beautiful remember she would like start fluffy. going like and she'd like close her eyes a little bit I love it when she crawled up to her little. Dad made her like a little, like a special, like sleepy little box, remember? Yeah. She was a queen. She had her own bedroom. She had her own bedroom. She would like get all like fluffed up in there. And she yeah. made like the special sound that we would cover. She would want 
for us to cover her. Yeah. And she would make like the special like, sounds. And then rubbing her her uh, beak, like she would start so scratching. Cute. Yeah. So cute. You know what? Fuck it. Animals can communicate. <laughs> 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 Just so that me. one day when a parent tells you, "I love you," it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Coco meant everything uh, yes. she said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that any, this is gonna hurt like oh no says that any clays more meaningful such as emotional states or thoughts were likely nothing more than self-deception or on the part of the researchers who would prompt their apes and over-interpret their responses this person's crazy <laughs> just spouting lies So, you know, with Coco, the same as uh, the chimp, we run into, like, a similar situation. You know, like, researchers that were skeptical about this, they were not, they carefully started to analyze her case. And, like, first of all, um, they have made it clear that Patterson didn't really clearly publish her research. Not, like, totally peer-reviewed. Oh, okay, that's going to be an issue, of course. Right. It's kind of like anecdotes or, like, things that they have experienced, which isn't stupid i mean like of course they're they're not just researchers but they're also like instructors so they're like watching and recording but it's like a bit of a different process i think i'm not a scientist (laughs) um so uh that was a question and uh here is where we're gonna get interesting well we're getting there so most proof of this uh the claims uh there was this uh you know, I don't know if you remember Nova Television Special on PBS. Oh, I do. Yeah, so they had an interview with Coco. And uh, so it seemed like she was mostly taking cues from Patterson. And it was found that most of the signs that Coco made in the special were made immediately after Patterson made the sign first. Mm, so she was like prompting her. And even then, it typically only made sense when Patterson would interpret and explain what she said Coco actually meant. He's like, oh, she's saying this. Okay. Because I know her well. Hmm. Um, so a moment where Coco's ability to communicate was supposed to be showcased on um, was in a live AOL chat as well. AOL. What? So they did this live AOL chat uh-huh. with Coco. And like, oh, it's like <sighs> over 2,000 people that were just like writing sentences to her. Like writing questions and stuff like that. Wait, she can read? Well, they would get the message and the the oh, Patterson. Okay. Yeah, would like sign I think sign it or speak it. I don't know if it doesn't say, but like she she would communicate it to Coco. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it says like Patterson signed for Coco. Yeah. And interpret it says, I mean this is what I wrote my notes. <laughs> Patterson signed for Coco and interpreted over the phone to the AOL AOL, AOL, to the AOL chat editors, what Coco was saying. Mm-hmm. And out of 25 answers, only one made sense, allegedly. I don't know. Oh, okay. So it was when Coco signed dog after Patterson asked if she'd like to have a kitty, dog, or gorilla as a friend. Other answers were like a bit, they didn't make too much sense. Like, for example, like Coco would just start begging for candy or juice 
in the middle of like a sense, uh, you know, so, like, after a, a question. Yeah, she was like, candy. <laughs> Juice. <laughs> um, and Patterson would try to like explain. I mean, that's also the thing too. Like, she can do sign language, right? Basic stuff. But what three-year-old is able to... Well, I mean, maybe there's some out there, but I don't think most three-year-olds are able to use language in such a way that they're able to have like well thought out responses yeah, they, to they, things they can't they can't that's what they just scream or like when they get overtired and they're like mom i had a tough day <laughs> <laughs> you know like i i discovered what lights are and like it's bugging me you know yeah they just like start like having meltdowns they're like ah and you have to kind of like figure out like oh my god what is it what is it you know so oh, maybe you had a tough day or whatever. Yeah, so maybe it's those limitations that, you know, pretty much limit her. <laughs> limit her, her ability to communicate in a way that's more convincing for, you know, scientists that are looking to... Oh, um, I see what you're saying. To, yeah, to, to kind of um, put gorillas on the map for like uh, linguistic in- intelligence. Oh, you know? it's like... I see. So, like, I'm interpreting what you're saying. Like, <gasps> I'm also a three-year-old who doesn't know how to communicate. <laughs> but, like, they give me kind of, like, a bit of a middle ground. Like, maybe Coco could be able to do this, but except because she is, like, basically, like, a three-year-old, she can't. Yeah. Like, she's uh, okay. doing a good job for her level. Because even, even Patterson said, right, that she's uh, kind of like a three-year-old. Right. Right, so... Also, the the way how like even science has you know found out that little kids aren't little adults, right? Just their brains right. are wired differently. They're not completely developed yet. Maybe gorillas' brains, you know, they develop in a different way. There's only they can only go up to a certain point when it comes to human language. Right. Right. I get what you're saying. And also, I think humans, too, like, back, way back when, we didn't have a a specific language, let's say. But through thousands of years that we've been using language as our main form of communication, I think maybe that might have changed the way our brains developed to kind of put more of an emphasis on that part of the brain so that we can communicate better and better throughout the generations. Right, right, right. That, That makes sense. And now, are you ready to get raunchy? Oh, wow. Um, hold on. Give me a sec. Ah, this is not going to come out, but I need to change location. Oh, that's cool. I was eating a sandwich. Yeah, I know you're eating. Okay, so what happened is that Carol moved location within the house. And mom is there. And... I just heard mom say, like, you know, I'm not loud. And I'm just like, have you heard yourself? <laughs> like, seriously? Like, whenever I go back, I realize that, like, everyone is super loud. Uh-huh. You know, like, we're just, like, super loud people. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. I'm like, mom, it's okay. It's our culture. <laughs> <laughs> you know when we go to, like, what's it called? Um, the Hispanic, uh, what's it called? Neighborhoods? Neighborhoods? <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. like people talk to each other across a freaking block. <laughs> they do. Like, yeah, they're just like screaming. <laughs> it's true. It's very different. 
<laughs> it is. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not as shocking until, I guess, I compare it to other people. Like, if I'm ever in another environment where I see that it's not like that, and then... <laughs> and then I go to an environment where it is like that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. Or like laugh, like screaming super loud. That we can't say we don't do because we both do that. Yeah, we both do that. Like when we're here, <laughs> we're like super loud. Like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't care because he knows it's me, but he's like, oh, you're very loud. <laughs> like in general, I'm the loudest one in the house. Oh, my son is loud too. Nice, I love it. Have you heard how he talks? Like, his volume is, like, yeah, super yeah. loud. He, like, echoes. <laughs> He's just like... Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and it's something super nerdy, usually. And I'm just like, oh, God, stop. <laughs> like, I don't want to learn. <laughs> what was I talking about? People, Latinas being loud. Okay, so we're loud. Oh, that's because <laughs> you moved... <laughs> That's because you moved uh, places. So, um. Right. So, you were saying we're going to get to the raunchy part, right? I'm going to get to the raunchy part. <laughs> oh, no. We have to cancel Gogo. Oh, no. No, no, it doesn't get it doesn't get like dolphin territory. So, what happened is that, um, Coco and, and, um, the Gorilla Research Foundation that ended up with some allegations of, allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, <laughs> because it turns out that Coco had this like intense nipple fixation. And she made this very clear on the AOL chat. That's what I'm going to say. Wait, Patterson or Coco? Coco. Oh, snap. She was really into nipples. So like, she was reported to have a preoccupation with both male and female human nipples. And there's um, several people re- saying that Coco requested to see their nipples. And in 2005, three female staff members at the Gorilla Foundation where Coco lived, they filed, they actually filed lawsuits against the organization, alleging that they were pressured to reveal their nipples to Coco by the organization's executive director. And this is what they're alleging, okay? Among other violations of labor law, and I, I don't have the details on that because I was, like, too distracted by the nipple shit. I would be too, yeah. Totally understandable. <laughs> the lawsuits, uh, so the lawsuits were settled out of court. I guess it saved the judicial system the question about, like, how, how to deal with primates on the stand. That's true. Um, uh, so Team Coco... <laughs> not not Conan. <laughs> they uh they stay still now. They they still stay by the position that this is all untrue. By the way, there's no other uh reported cases of other gorillas being obsessed with nipples. So it's just Coco. Mm. So you know, uh there was an AOL chat mm-hmm. with Coco. And this is uh a little insight into the nipple thing. So you're going to read Coco's answers. All right. So let me start again. <clears throat> this just sounds wrong already. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, Carol is Coco. Hey, cutie, let me explain what we're doing. Fine. We're going to be on the phone with a lot of people who are going to ask us questions. Nipple. <laughs> so even as... Uh, the person uh, doing this and the the, the person c- 
communicating with Coco and the AOL audience, they tried to steer the conversation into other directions over and over again. Coco turned the conversation back to her favorite subject. <laughs> Nipple. <laughs> the different subjects in general. Um, so AOL uh, says, uh, what will she do now when we get off the phone? What does she eat for dinner? Candy. Hurry. Candy. She'll probably be very pleased to have her dinner. She's asking me for candy right now. After dinner. Candy. Hurry. She has vegetables for dinner. Raw vegetables. Nipple. Yes, like a big salad. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Does she keep asking... Uh, uh, people to show their nipples to her during the show. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so it even uh, started to dent to the fundraising attempts of the day. <laughs> We're hoping that corporations, the public at large, foundations, will help us with that project. And we are now approaching them and asking. So we're asking here too. Hurry, give me mouth nipple. What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what the hell is a mouth? <laughs> oh my god. And here is when uh, Patterson mm -hmm. did what I mentioned before that she was doing. Like she started to interpret and reinterpreting what Coco meant. From nipple. So, <laughs> yeah. So she said, you know, to the audience that by nipple, Coco means people. Okay, so this is sign language, right? Yeah. Wait. What? So oh. how <laughs> are you going to excuse? I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe like their sign language for nipple is a little bit, you know, on the nose, right? Can I just tell you? Sign, so I, yeah, sign, sign for nipple is... Coco was touching her nipples <laughs> and pointed to them. She's like nipple. Yeah, really. so you can't explain that to actually mean person. <laughs> Thought process was that, like, you know, she learned the word nipple that sounds like people. But she doesn't. She doesn't talk. No, but like when she learned the sign language with the sound, she's like, oh, nipple means people. Wait, sorry, nipple and people sound similar. So she's like, oh, when I touch my nipples, it means people. I see. I think that's what she's trying to say, which I don't buy, <laughs> by the way. I'm just like, nah, she's, she's saying nipple. Also, you know how, like, little kids go through a phase where they're, like, obsessed over, like, body parts that you shouldn't talk yeah, about in day-to-day? Yeah. -day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just forever three years old. That's um, true. That's good. Maybe maybe this is, like, developmentally normal for Coco to be talking about nipple, but I don't like the fact that she's, like, trying to hide it. She could just say, like, oh, you know, she's she likes nipples. So she could just say that, but she's kind of like, no, no, no. She means people. It's kind of like, can I trust you? Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Although, like, hurry, give me mouth people. Like, that's not better. <laughs> yeah, that's... How is that better? I hope she's talking about, like, a bottle. <laughs> So, you know, like I said, you know, we're not really that clear because uh, she dressed her to her own nipples. So, uh, Meanwhile, other signings were actually very ambiguous and open to interpretation as well. Um, so 
Patterson is explaining how she's uh, translating. So according to Patterson and her colleagues, nice could be interpreted as meaning rice. And foot could be interpreted as man. Lip as woman. Like, I don't know why. Uh, being as cookies or shoes or artichokes or a toy tiger or jello. There's a lot of allowances being made here. <laughs> <laughs> and when all else uh, fails, an out-of-context word could be interpreted as an insult. For example, bird, nut, toilet, and devil were supposed to be insults, Carol. Wow. Bird. That's messed up. Bird. Uh, this is my issue with Coco. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she needs to be cancelled. <laughs> or it could be interpreted as boredom. Or as bizarre gorilla humor. Uh, so Coco's signing seemed nonsensical and even like gibberish. And instead of seeing Coco's inconsistencies as a sign that the gorilla maybe couldn't truly acquire language, um, advocates had to go through more and more intricate, you know, backflips and, and like loops, you know, jumping around parkour, parkour to try to project. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're doing. They're trying to explain the meaning of what she's saying. Mm, I think it's like you said, um, how you mentioned why they haven't studied it more. I think for her, it's they were only at that level of studying it. So they were trying to, like we said, make a lot of allowances to what she learned and what she understood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is all the information I have about Coco that I'm going to share. <laughs> um, I think maybe it could be even nipple, uh, what's it called, gorilla humor, because they're not like us. And what seems, like, why do we want them to be cute the way that we think is yeah. cute? Maybe we have to stop. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's already awesome that a gorilla can even use sign language to communicate even, like, the most basic things, like, oh, like, if they're hungry, right? Use sign language. That's already awesome in itself. Um, but then I think it's always that that human wants, human need to see how they stack up against our intelligence. I, I mean, that true. could be, like, a darker side of it. That's just me being, uh, what's it called? cynical mm -hmm. or um maybe we don't want to feel that alone that we need to be loved <laughs> yeah you know yeah. what i mean it's it's kind of like let the gorilla be a gorilla they don't have to feel the same way that we feel mm -hmm. you know i think once maybe once there's like a an aspect to these studies where it directly involves human contact maybe that's where things get a little into the like murky area where like we're probably just um judging these animals intelligence based on what we consider to be intelligence um, right i mean comparing it to like the experiment they did with the uh was it crows or ravens where they um you know, put uh, the food, like, I don't know what, what they eat, like, little bugs or whatever, put it inside, like, mm -hmm. um, kind of like a, what's it called, like a multi-step 
uh, puzzle that they that the birds had to right. figure out. Like mm-hmm. there was no direct human contact between like the person and the crows, right? So then the crows had to kind of uh. figure out how to get to that food, which is something I think that could happen in nature. You know, they had to figure out how to get um, the the insects and stuff from like let's say a tree or something. Mm-hmm. So like maybe that's more. I guess, thorough experimentation on the capabilities of that animal's um, brain. Right. It's a little bit less comparative to, like, us. Like, sorry. No, 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 you're right. It's kind of like, this is something that, I guess, their brains are wired to know how to do because they hunt Uh for food. Compared to right. a, a gorilla who's being taught human, I mean, who's being taught sign language to communicate with a human, that gorilla is more in, in a human space where that experiment is being made compared to like a more natural gorilla space where, let's say, their form of communication isn't sign language, right? It's like, I think, more facial expressions, maybe, or maybe that's chimpanzees that I'm thinking about, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. Maybe maybe I'm going with like a this experiment wasn't very fair in measuring the capabilities of a gorilla because it's not something they naturally are inclined to do. Right. I mean, if you mention it that way, like I feel it's a little bit unfair to Coco because she was going to not come out winning. And it's kind of like, oh, you have to, like, she has to, like, go above and beyond for it to be like, oh, my God, look at that. And when it's just kind of like, she could be smart in different ways. And we could be happy with that. Even the nipple thing, like, is it really raunchy? Because we're thinking it's raunchy from our perspective. But she's, you know, an animal. There's nothing wrong with yep nipples and, like, anything that would entail nipples, Right. Because she doesn't have, let's say, what we call... Right. What, what we humans consider to be morals. Right? Like, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. According to us. So then that's also kind of unfair towards her. Because she's an animal. <laughs> she's a gorilla. Yeah. So, I think it's weird when the allegations that... that uh, the workers are, you know, doing the allegations of, like, harassment. But it wasn't against... Is is like the the issue is like why are why were they allegedly why were the people mm-hmm. running the place being like oh you have to do this you know yeah exactly yeah. that's the problem there so there's these lines you know that are being tested I guess by this type type of situation so that's all I have for Coco the gorilla. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to to, uh, to end up with the whole nipple thing, but <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I didn't expect to find that either. I was just like, oh, it's funny, and I question it, and then I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> 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 what happened there? It's funny, because I'm immature. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Now that you mentioned crows, by the way, you know, I don't know if I told you, there's um these in Japan, we have, like, these big-ass crows. They, uh-huh. you, you know, they're just... It's our version of, like, raccoons and squirrels in the city. Mm-hmm. We have 
pearls just like they're huge they're, they're really big and they're they just want to dig into your trash and uh so there's these crows you know as we know like they have really good uh i guess memory and communication skills that aren't verbal necessarily like, in, in our way but like they communicate stuff even like through generations they can communicate something like from one generation to another oh my god that's beautiful it seems like it's crazy right so um there's these crows that have been found to be saying mama mama <laughs> really yeah because you know like you know that's how kids here call their moms they're like mama mama a lot um and in it's it's like in places where it's like kind of more like family home family apartments like um so like yeah, like, you know, apartments are kind of, like, set up by sizes, and usually apartments that are bigger for, like, more, like, a family unit to be in usually are located in certain buildings. And the crows that, like, go around the building, they have been found to just be, like, be, like, mama, mama. And actually, my friend heard one. She she told me that she's, like, oh, my God, there's, like, this creepy-ass crow that, like, she like she's, like, did I hear it actually say mama to me like it was just like mama mama she was like what the fuck and then like we we read about stuff actually coming out later about these reports not just being her like she wasn't just being crazy she was mm-hmm. like oh my god you like birds so like this happened to me it's more than once and i was like what That's awesome and she's like it, yeah it's so, like it probably copied like you know children uh-huh and saying like mama because they usually are the ones that scream more that right than like grown-ups you, you you would usually hear more like a call for like mama than like other stuff yeah and the other right. like if it's moms like calling their children it's like they're different children's names yeah so yeah but the repetitive mm-hmm. yeah everybody's like mama 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 yeah you know how so, you said the kids want to call you mama now instead oh yeah imagine there's like a crow that learns that mama with the accent oh my god (laughs) and you'll be like that was me that was my chill he's gonna be saying (laughs) he's gonna be saying mama mama in like two languages like phil collins (laughs) and it came full circle (laughs) came full circle (laughs) so uh what did we learn today i just went in circles (laughs) um dolphins are ill (laughs) they actually slice fish heads off like it's on purpose and they okay and not only that some of them have taught others how to do it effectively like not kill it just like slice the head off and jerk off into it god (laughs) okay so uh where can they find us it's mostly me posting stuff and forgetting also but what is it yes and then it got weird podcast on instagram and then your email is and then it got weird. You know what? I'm going to check. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I need to double check. So the email is it got weird.podcast at gmail.com. Okay. And you are Carol. And this has been Elise. And this is our podcast called. And then it got weird. All right. I was thinking of a better sign up, but I never got to it. That's fine. We'll, we'll find our way there. You know, I just opened up my uh, my Facebook where you sent me the the stuff to read for Coco. Yeah. And my brain got confused for a little second when it just read the hurry, give me mouth nipple. I was like, what?
Yo, Coco's a freak, man. <laughs>